woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bards. World What's up, everybody? This is Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. Previously, the group learned that Ertleby's missing son, Torrance, was last seen on the Falcon, the very airship they came to Cosnicon. After meeting with the captain, they learned that Torrance stole a massive crate and then attempted to teleport out of the Falcon by using a teleportation circle. The group now searches for a way to activate that circle and find out where Torrance went. Ertleby would-, would walk over to the side of the boat. And be like, hey guys, do you want to try getting back up here again? We're trying to activate this portal. Oh my god. <laughs> That's <laughs> when you guys notice several of the Brotherhood stir. Oh shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, no, Tim. And one of them, well, it, it's like one of them walks forward and is like, what's going on over there? Is activity on the Falcon? Um, uh, I, Roberto looks at no, Vasa. No, 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 Vasa, Vasa holds Roberto back, stay in the shadows. <laughs> Oh, oh, we're still, oh, we're still stealth, right? Okay. He's still yep. stealth, Bossa, yeah. Tin, yep. Shit, Tin, Tin's like, hey, Gideon, come on. <laughs> well, he's down below. I was just admiring the scene. One of the dwarves walks up and is like, "What's going on up there? Who's that? Report yourself." To me? Yeah. <laughs> um. Nothing amiss here, sir. We were called on board um, to assist the captain, who is our friend. Um, if you would like, I can summon him for you. Give me a deception check. Shit. <laughs> but that's right. the truth. <laughs> yeah. But he's trying to deceive. He's trying to uh, perceive whether or not your uh, your words match your confidence, essentially, because you. You're... Can I ask somebody to help me? <laughs> You went up there alone. I'm gonna roll. Uh, oh god, it's all again. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Okay. Love it. It's a nine plus. Wait, did I get a six? Do you get inspiration? Do you have inspiration point? Do you have inspiration? Point? I do. She suddenly feels inspired to roll it again. <laughs> Okay. Don't drop it. <clears throat> Fourteen. Whew, okay. So he's like, <clears throat> he kind of looks up there and he's like, "Sure, go ahead, go get, go get someone." Oh, okay. <laughs> and I just like salute and then <laughs> go to get Gideon. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, Gideon. Um. So we got some people. So he turns and he's like, "What's going on?" Um, you know, they just want to know, you know, um, if you could just let them know why we're on bo- deck without, like, giving away too much of our situation. They just need to know that we're not, like, criminals. Yeah, sure, that's no problem. And he, so he walks upstairs. Are you coming with them or are you staying below? I'll s- go with him. Okay, so you head up top with them, and he says, uh, what's, what's going on down, what, what, what do you need from us? We're trying to sleep. And the dwarf yells back, he's like, there seems to be some commotion coming off your ship, making sure everything's okay. And he's like, oh yeah, I just hired a group of adventurers to help me with my investigation. 
And he's uh, the one dwarf. He's like, what company are they with? And he says, no, just some people I came in with. Just a couple adventures. And um, <clears throat> he says, are they, hmm. Stay right there. And he kind of wanders off to go talk to some other uh, dwarves. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> and he's like, it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, it's no problem. Why, are you guys in trouble or something? No. <laughs> 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 once the, once the dwarf has left, um, Vasa would have pushed Roberto really soon. Like, let's go, let's go. Let's try to climb. <sighs> so let's try to climb up. Please. Are you Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Roboto got a seven. Jesus, guys. He, he jumps for the rope, slips, and falls. Oh for the third time. Oh like, Does Gideon have a ladder? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. I'm going to assist Roberto. <laughs> well, you already tried, it. right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we fuck. <laughs> Vasa, remember, Ten, we have like yeah. 50 feet of rope. Like, why do. I mean, there's rope climbing. there. The rope's the not the problem. It's not a lack of a. Isn't there like a drop ladder? Doesn't the ship come with a drop ladder? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if you ask, but Gideon doesn't know you're there. <laughs> Oh, um, so Tin, Tin, Tin is aware of, of these struggles going on, and she's just like, hey, perhaps you might want to drop a rope ladder. Oh, I don't want, I don't want the Brotherhood coming up here. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Why are we hiding this from him again? <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, okay, oh, oh, right, right, okay. Thank you, Ertlebe, on my shoulder. Voice of reason. Um, How? Tin, Tin would say, uh, Gideon, our party is with us. Um, they're just in the shadows. And they need to you know, help getting on board. Oh, all right, so he rolls over and like, he, he finds one of his uh, rope ladders and throws it over the side. Oh, thank God. <laughs> roll the climb the ladder. Have no, you don't have to roll to climb the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like pawing at the like. <laughs> I can't seem to grab uh, on. Vasa climbs up, and she very quickly, when she gets over, she just says, "Gideon, I hurt my hands practicing knives. That's why." And then she just kind of slips <laughs> off. Like she just looks very defeated. <laughs> Eyebrows are raised. Imagine you're like you're like a cat with your pride hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the way a cat like licks its paws, really like grooms itself whenever it's trying to hide its embarrassment. She's just like, yeah, I just hurt my my hands uh, practicing knives. Good to see you again, Gideon. And she just walks off. Roberto notices this 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 um interaction. He's very curious about it because like he's never this is he doesn't really recognize pride yet. So yeah. he just like kind of he just looks at Gideon and says hi, and he also says like I also hurt my hand practicing with knives. <laughs> and he looks at your your metallic hands very well. Uh, Tin's just gonna roll up that rope or that ladder. Just be like, we don't need. To. It's fine. We got everyone on board. We're cool. So. All right. So you guys are together again for the first time or whatever, and. Uh, <laughs> 
You all meet uh, on the lower deck in the cargo area. She'd sort of like be a bit blustery as if she's like trying to exude bossness as if to cover up <laughs> how incompetent she was climbing up a rope, a fucking rogue needing a ladder. But she's like, yeah, so um, what's going on here? Yeah, what's what's going on? <laughs> and he says, well, Brummelstone points out, uh, pointed out to us that this was some kind of a ritual meant to teleport, right? Teleport, is that the word you used? Uh, teleport uh, my cargo somewhere and this other teleportation thingy um is gonna lead us to uh her kid the uh thief let's do it let's find that torrance and the captain's looking around like yeah uh yeah let's try to activate it and the captain walks in the middle and jumps up and down I know, Brumblestone would try to activate it. So. <laughs> I love Captain Gideon. Vasa <laughs> <laughs> would throw out her hands. I'm like, whoa, whoa, don't activate it with only you in the circle. Oh, you know, he jumps out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, she would look to Brumblestone like, is it safe, Master Door, for us to stand on it, or do we need to only stand around it? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure how this activates, so... Um, actually, uh, Pedro, would Vasa have any knowledge of, like, using something like this to teleport items? Like, any, any rough idea at all? So, <clears throat> while Brummelstone kind of ponders the inevitability of having to break to the group, guys were kind of boned, because it, it's a spell outside of Brummelstone's uh, capabilities. There's nothing he can do. However... Vasa, you have a different approach to this because you know about spell scrolls. And while Brummelstone would probably understand the idea of spell scrolls and maybe he's heard of them, on Obrimos, they almost don't exist. They don't make scrolls of spells because everything's inside those orbs, right? So as soon as you get down there and you kind of take a moment to sink in, a spell scroll, uh, if the material components are present, you can just cast the spell and this guy left <laughs> the material components laced on the floor of the airship. So all you need is a scroll of teleportation circle, and you should be able to whisk your way right through it. So um, Vasa would have been kind of just very sullenly keeping back and everything, because, you know, her pride is hurt, and she's she's not feeling very useful or anything at the moment. But then um, while Brimblestone's also hemming and hawing, she kind of takes a lazy look herself. And her like her eyebrows slowly rise, and the light kind of comes back into her eyes, and she spins around way too excited. She's like, "I know what this is!" Like way too excited. Like you can just see that it kind of re- revitalizes her that she knows something that's useful. And she kind of <laughs> very elaborately, but also milking the moment a little bit because she needs this right now. She um, she <laughs> explains to the group, and also kind of like says the Romason, and chip in if you know anything, Master Door. <laughs> but that's kind of like <laughs> kind of damn. Describes it really. She milks it a little longer <laughs> than she has to, shade. but um, in the end, she kind of concludes. So we need a teleportation scroll. Yeah, and then she puts her hands on her hips and she looks quite pleased with herself as she steps back. And the captain's like, "Well, do you know where to buy uh, teleportation scrolls? Because I'm all out." Oh man! If only there was like a magic yeah, shop. And, we yeah, could Claiborne go to. looks at Brummelstone like excitedly. Hey, we could go to the magic shop. <laughs> I'll take you to the magic shop. <laughs> <laughs> Rumblestone would do. This is a defeat. 
the musical episode after all. <laughs> Are they open at this hour? And Claiborne says, if we hurry. All right, well. Well, I'm just a little worried about the, the fact that they have Gundams out there. So maybe we could disguise ourselves as members of the crew in addition to the stealth spell and just say we're just a crew going on a crew walk together. The captain stops right there and he goes, here's a couple problems with that. First off, you're all going to have to disguise yourselves as dwarves. Done. So- <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> Second of all, um, and he looks over at uh, Tin. He's like, even if you could pass, your weaponry is going to give you away. But I'm not doing anything. I'm just a normal forged girl in a lonely forged world. <laughs> a large Like, gun. just carrying my gun. <laughs> Vasa Third, sort of suggests this. You have no offense. You have a group that does not blend well together. <laughs> They're not going to believe that my crew consists of two forged, a dwarf, a young woman, and an old woman, and Claiborne. <laughs> and Claiborne kind of nods. She's like, "I, I do. I am kind of known." <laughs> 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 and. Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps, um, perhaps simply uh, Brimblestone and Gideon and I should go. Ne- we are neither gunslinger nor that conspicuous as the rest of you. But Gideon says, "Wait, wait, wait, real quick." Um, and uh, you know, be honest. Why am I going? Because you lend an air of authority. You give uh, authenticity and right of way. You are well-respected in the city, and we may need that to assist you in recovering your cargo. That's fair enough. I'll go with you. Like, and maybe you were waiting for him to be like, huh, all right. He's just like, no, that's, that's, that's fair. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, play around with the respect you gave him. He was just like, very well, let's go. I get the instructions again from Claiborne, just to make sure I'm not going to get lost. <clears throat> yeah, she kind of helps you. She kind of draws you a little bit of a map. Yeah. But Vasa does like, say to uh, Captain Gideon, say, but Captain Gideon, you may, um, simply for safety's sake, you may wish to bring your crossbow. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's like, let me get fully dressed, actually. I should look like I'm a little more business than I am right now. And <laughs> he wanders off to go get ready. Does Ertlebee's uh, stealth spell require her presence, or is she simply cast it and we're good? Simply cast. It only lasts for an hour, but... Vasa would ask Brummelstone... Do you think we can reach the shop and return within an hour? I don't know about returning, but we definitely can get there, right? And Claiborne, she says, yeah, yeah, you will have to think of something else (laughs) if you want to come back. Well, we can bring Ertl Squeak. Wait, so is that just... So you're just going to leave me? No, we're leaving uh, the two forged. One is oh. a forged that does yeah. not belong in the city, and the other is a forged with a gun her- on her back. Yeah, I just don't like the idea of splitting up. I mean, why can't we just stealth over <laughs> like we did last, like we did when we came here? The Gundams are on to us, dear boy. Oh. Or it'll be grabs yeah. him. We avoided them before. <laughs> I'd say, say we take the whole group and just move, because we're going to yeah. be safety in numbers. If they board the ship and then... You know, the two Forge are on the ship, and they get thrown in something. You know, that's no yeah. good. So. Sitting ducks, yes. Yeah, I don't want to leave them sitting. They already seem suspicious of us, so let's just... You know, we're 
If they ask, we are helping find the, the thief. Because that's not a lie. Right? We're helping Captain Gideon. Whoever is going, we should go now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we're like waiting on Captain Gideon to get dressed and grab his crossbow. In the meantime, let's see about disguising uh, Ertleby and uh, Tin's guns. They can become... Ertleby's going to turn into a rat, so there's no gun to worry about there. Okay. All right. But actually, and she can hold Tin's gun, but that might be a no-no for gunslingers. Mm-hmm. Letting someone else touch your gun? No. Amongst amongst actual gunslingers. Like, if she were learning, if she were under the apprenticeship of a master, no. Um, that's actually really specific, that a, a gunslinger... Um, is only allowed to use their weapon and their weapon alone until they've mastered it. Mm. Um, but, but once you guys are good, yeah, you can... Yeah. But in the event of an encounter, I wouldn't want Tin to be separated from her gun. Yeah. Because you know she's been using it all the time. <laughs> but, I mean, I got my javelin now. <laughs> so. Yeah, but what's, what's the point of a javelin? You won't throw it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay. Ouch. Sass. Sass mouth. Man, is entering his, like, teens. His fresh teen years. His rebellious years. I was hanging up my dad, bro. Um, I I think I'll I'll give it to Ertleby, because I think if we do get into an encounter, she's going to transform back to her, her human self. Most likely, anyway. So, um, I'll just go ahead and give it to her. And okay. also, is that the weapon you chose to be able to recall? Yeah, but I'm not level 5 yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. Spoiler. Damn. No, it's a class ability. <laughs> <laughs> um, if Erdo Squeak wants to, she can sit in Vasa's hood. Her little she does hood. want to. She All definitely right. wants to. <laughs> Alright, so you guys ready to go? Before you go, I assume Ertleby cast the spell? She does. Alright. Uh, um, yeah, he comes in, he's fully dressed in his uh, captain's garb, he has his crossbow on his back, and he's ready to go. He does tell his, he tells the, his uh, engineer before he leaves, he's like, we're gonna be back, we're gonna go, we should be back in about, I mean, I'm hoping two to three hours. And engineer just kind of nods, says, alright. And then you wander off. Yeah, so one by one, you get down the ladder, and um, you make your way through the crowds and get past everybody, at which point um, Clay, Claiborne uh, whispers over to uh, Bramlestone. She's like, well, this is a lot cheaper. The rest of you don't hear it. You just see them talking to each other. Ugh. They've got inside jokes already. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Can they not? <laughs> I know, it's so angsty. I love it. I feel like we're going to wake up one morning and Roberto's going to have, like, scratched little mustache hair (laughs) into his upper lip. (laughs) Hey, Walter, what? So, yeah, you guys make your way um, 
past all the rigmarole and the lines. You make your way through the city, kind of darting around, finding your way into the marketplace, and then finding yourself. And it's not like this place is heavily obscured. You're not walking down Diagon Alley. You're just going a little bit off the beaten path where people aren't as interested in shopping in this district because it focuses more on the arcane. As you go through the streets, you find that the buildings shift from straight, um, boring, um, like open window shops to a little more subtly uh, arcane in nature. And then finally you find yourself before a store with a sign that hanging from it, a wooden sign that says the Nomad's Pasture. The first thing you notice when you walk in is the vast amount of material components available. Nearly anything you can think of is for sale here. From common dusts and powders to rare feathers from exotic birds only heard about in myth. On a wall near the counter is a collection of weapons and armor that you can see are... They look pretty good. <laughs> they look of a pretty high quality. Not only that, but you can tell that they have a wide range of equipment. Like, they've got um, kind of something for everybody, it looks like. And if, if any, uh, maybe to some of you, you would notice that it's really an invitation to ask for more, depending on your merchandising uh, <laughs> eye. And then sitting behind the counter is a cloaked individual. He has a hood over his face. And it really only allows you to see his lower scarred chin. His cloak is thick and it's made of an unknown heavy cloth. And it does not look comfortable for him at all. But he doesn't show any signs of being uncomfortable. The really weird thing about this cloak is that it has these blue and green hues that kind of mix together subtly, traveling like slow moving clouds across the cloak. Um, sometimes the light catches his round frameless glasses. And he notices you guys right away. As soon as you come in, he looks over and he nods towards Brummel Stone. Yes, your spell's still active. Evening, friend. I've come back for those uh, gauntlets. He says, oh, really? He says, uh, what's with the... Um... And he kind of waves at you guys. These are my cohorts. These are the other world no, no, walkers I, I told for, you about. Forgive me, but what's what's with the, um, the tapestry? Oh, the spell. Yes. We are not the most liked individuals outside of this shop. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, uh, our trouble with uh, returning your merchandise has us on a, a little bit of pressure. Oh, sorry to hear you have to travel in such uh, low-quality standards. What can I help you with? Well, I'm looking for uh, gauntlets for my brother over here. We saw the little dwarf ones. Uh, those were lovely. I think, I think I finally have enough gold for them. And when you and see them, uh, Roberto... It throws you off because everything else on here is like, whatever, it's nice, right? Those gauntlets, you've seen that style of gauntlet in the city of Meltasir, which is where Forged come from on Obrimos. Wow. So they're special. And then uh, ask for a scroll of, scroll of transportation? You keep your magic on scrolls? I'm sorry. We keep them all in orbs. Yeah, yeah, we, or, oh, yeah, right, Obrimos. Um, if you're looking for a scroll of transportation, how do you want to travel? Or teleportation. Oh, you want a scroll of teleportation? And Claiborne steps forward, and she looks really, like, she doesn't want to do this. She feels really awkward. She's like, we're actually looking for a scroll of teleportation circle. Oh, sorry, yes. And then she kind of is like, mm, sorry. <laughs> She's no, no, kind of no, you're back. good. God, you're so good. rude. <laughs> and uh, the captain steps forward, and he says, yes, I've had a bit of bad business on my ship, and I'd like to find the individual who uh, caused it. 
And then he doesn't really know what else to say, but he feels like he should have said something because he was brought here for authority, and then he steps back. <laughs> Done. Good job. Maybe we should get those healing crystals things, too. So he pulls out a couple of those on the table, and Vasa, um, you have seen these repeatedly. These mm-hmm. crystals sell on your world for a lot of gold, and they supposedly come from a floating island that you guys call the Dark Island on your world. For the, for the most part, no one really knows how to get up there and get these crystals. So the fact that he's got them here on a whole different world uh, might be pretty startling for you. Yeah, uh, Vasa's eyebrows would have gone up, and she would be looking very intently at those crystals. He says, so yeah, I have some of these crystals. Uh, if you want, a, you said a scroll of teleportation circle? Yeah, that's... Um, I can give you a price of 640 gold for that. Oof. And in these crystals here, they're 200 gold apiece. So I have some of those pouches, and I don't know if we counted at that time, but that might be the point where we just, like, start... I would start dropping them on and being like, and how much Claiborne, does this give me? Claiborne picks them up as you drop them off, and she's like, let's count out the money that he wants. <laughs> <laughs> That a girl, Claiborne. She starts pulling through and um, making stacks of hundreds until she has 640 gold. So and she's rude. like, are we buying all the crystals as well? Boss is like, yes. Yeah. Uh, Buy a stealth spell. Yeah. Um, the crystals, he's selling them for you're, 200 you're gold. They can sell upwards of 500 um, in, yeah, your, Vasa, in your market. Yeah, just like, yes. <laughs> yes, we are. All of them. All right, he says, well, I have, I have three of these crystals. All right, that's another 600. Vasa's eyes are normally like a dark purple color, but if anybody looked, they would look just gold. It's almost as if she has gold coins in her eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, so that's 640 plus 600, so you're looking at 1240, and um, you are through a number of your pouches, uh, Brummelstone. How much is left? You don't know. You haven't counted yet. And then she looked over and she said, I, I heard you dropping a hint, Tin. What was that you said? Um, Stealth spell to get back onto the ship. Yeah. Oh, what do you... And um, she says, yeah, what is that spell, um, Ertleby? It is the one that is <laughs> uh, pass without trace, of course. Pass without trace. Uh, is the name. I came up with it before I knew I was a magical druid lady. Um, but I think I came up with that name for a reason. The, the nomad just stares. And then uh, also, um, give me an intelligence check, Vasa. We'll see how she does. Vasa's uh, <laughs> too busy not... just staring at the gold. Yeah, she. If if she rolls badly, it's because she's her mind is a little weighted down by the thought of gold right now. <laughs> oh, okay. She gets an eighteen. She thinks extra sharp when it comes to gold. It's up to you whether or not you've dealt. Um, the the name the uh the nomad actually is starting to jog in your memory a little bit. That mm-hmm. the nomad, if it's the same person, has done business in Rollum as well. Mm-hmm. Whether you bring that up or not, it's up to you. But um, he says, for that other um, Pass Without Trace, that one, <laughs> I don't get a lot of requests for juridic magic around here. And uh, he goes under the counter a little bit, and you can hear him. Uh, you can hear him moving around, but you don't hear him going through anything. 
it's silent except for him kind of shuffling himself. And then he pulls out a scroll and he says, here you go. It's 120 gold. Claiborne looks and she takes one last pouch. You have like one pouch left. And she takes that pouch and drops it. And she's like, there you go. Wait, what about the gauntlets? Do we have enough to get the gauntlets? Weren't the gauntlets already paid for? No. Oh, were they? Nope. No, they were, they were like 500, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. Ertleby has well, the ability to cast her little stealth spell. I might be out. I'm trying to remember how many spells I used last game. Because, oh, no. Yeah. So we might need it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, those gauntlets are 1,500. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. But I already put them on. <laughs> I've been like, as you guys have been counting all this money, I've been putting it in a corner, just kind of like, you know, like looking at it like this, you know. Like, yeah, mm. and it's impressive because they expand. Oh. Something else that catches uh, your interest, maybe, Vasa, is the fact that nothing here is anchored down. There's no glass cases you can pick up and do with whatever you want with any of the stuff in there. Yeah, Vasa has indeed noticed this. <laughs> she is very, very much aware of this. <laughs> Is you picking up the gauntlets as well? No, I have two gems. Would I know what those were worth? Um, you wouldn't. So you'd have to trust the nomad to price them yeah. out for you. That's. I mean, I would. I would trust him. So. All right. Only so, these two pays for it. Yeah. And Vasa, you see him pull out two immaculate gems. You don't have to roll to know that they. That's a lot of purses. Um, you don't yeah. know the exact without rolling, but like you're like, whoa, what is that? And the nomad looks at me and says, yeah, I'll, I'll trade you. Vasa, she she might have like a lady boner right now. She's <laughs> just like holding it back. She's like, just breathe through it. Just breathe through it. <laughs> yeah, I would say, all right, I think that's everything. Captain says, I agree. Wait. I, I would say. Yell out. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I have a message. <laughs> <laughs> Urgent message from the captain. <laughs> um, I would say, Gideon, since we're going to be doing you a favor, bringing you this stuff back, the least you could do is compensate for the cost to for some of the spell. No. We're both after the same You're- thing. Why are we trying to make money off each other? No, I'm just I'm saying that we're the ones spending so much money right now. I mean, you could at least go in halvesies. <laughs> He's like, quite frankly, you, you're you all rolling a little deeper than I am. Savasa's so like, oh, only one of us is rolling that deep. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, honestly, you told me to bring a, a crossbow, not a bank account. And that, that joke only catches uh, Ertleby and Tin. Oh, classic game. <laughs> tin, uh, tin rolls her eyes. Um, if the team is, if that's the resolution of that conversation and the team is planning to step out, Vasa would just sort of like, oh, just give me a moment. And she would step sort of back into the shop to approach the shopkeeper. Yeah. And oh, she, wait, and before, she, oh, go ahead. I was going to, I was going to say before uh, we go, I would say thank you for your help again. And, you will step on Stardust soon. He doesn't, he doesn't respond. Um, and then Jane, you said Vasa goes back in? Yeah, Vasa goes back in. Uh, so first of all, um, what is the depth of her knowledge of this particular merchant? 
Like, has she met him face to face? Has she heard of his name or just a shop that he runs out of? No. Yeah. So what you've heard of is um, there is an individual who makes a lot of deals um, with like he probably has whether he's dealt with you specifically is up to you. But mm-hmm. this individual known as the Nomad um, walks in and out of Rollum and is very interested in um, any kind of uh, item that you get. You've heard that he goes to other places and sells. He seems to buy in your mm-hmm. area. And as mm-hmm. you would know, Rollum is a city that is uh, charged with capturing yeah. and destroying, if possible, magical items mm-hmm. that are of a, a danger to the kingdom. And yeah, he, uh, he likes to buy those items before they make it to the authorities. How convenient. How incredibly <laughs> appropriate. Uh, but no, um, does he visit, do what I know of this, does he visit Rollum on an annual basis or like of every decade or so? Oh, uh, more often than that. Like he he's in and out. Like he sometimes has business in Rollum. But this is the first time you would have considered the idea that he was like, you didn't even know he was international. I'll put it that way. <laughs> let alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, he walked back in. Yeah, so I would um, shoot. I would approach the the counter, and I would say, uh, "It's a it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. How what may I call you by?" Just the nomad. Just the nomad, and then Vasa would sort of be um, drumming her fingers on the counter very casually, and, and she would say, "Well, I believe, Mister Nomad, that you visit Rallum often, don't you?" And he looks genuinely confused, and he's like. I don't know what Bremelstones told you. I'm hoping he didn't tell you anything, to be honest. Um, but I would assume that you... <sighs> and he kind of thinks about it for a second, and then he thinks... You can you can see he kind of... His face kind of like... Maybe he's remembering. He's kind of like... Yeah. And he says, uh, you would be uh, speaking about one of my uh, associates. Ah, uh, so you've ne- you yourself has never visited. Oh, I mean, I've I've been to Menroth. But I I don't do business in Rollum. No, that's someone else. Ah, that is a shame. But if you ever were to want to begin business with Rollum, the, Obsidian, the Obsidians would always welcome you, and you can just ask for Vasa. Well, it's the Obsidians, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I do know. Uh, there's talk of your group, actually, amongst us. That's good oh, to what, know. Oh, only good things, I hope. Well, most assuredly, yes. That... Um, Usually, if there's something that we really need, it's best to work through the obsidians first and then spread out past that. We do pride ourselves on our customer service. Ah, uh, have you been to Rollin recently? Uh, Vasa's face would be very neutral at this moment, and she would just say, I'm currently taking a small adventure. Why? Has anything of note occurred? It's a bit different. I shouldn't say anymore, but... I would stop. Oh no, by please. There. I always I always enjoy a little bit of gossip. Um I would get back there um whenever your business is finished. I shall keep that in mind. And so she she reaches across to offer a handshake. He 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 puts his hand up to a certain point on the the desk, but doesn't go past that point and um just kind of puts his hands up and he's like I can't. Thanks, though. 
And Vasa just like flir- she kind of very effortlessly flourishes up into a like an effort little wave thing yeah. like oh no problem, <laughs> and then she comes back out and she she might if anybody had like super high perceptions you might notice that she looks a little bit bothered or distracted but as soon as she steps back out into the sort of light of the alleyway or whatever she's back to her normal like all right let's go on. You walk outside and everyone is kind of frozen in place staring ahead. In front of you are a number of individuals. They are all dwarves. They look to be part of the Brotherhood of Iron. And standing behind them is one of those large vault armors that you've seen. And the vault armor actually has a spotlight that's coming off of its chest. And everyone else has already been standing there kind of staring in a dead silence and then you come out and then suddenly that kind of light hits you when you open the doors and you find that everyone is staring at these individuals as you're surrounded. Thanks for listening to episode 30. The Gundams are on to us, dear boy. If you can't wait until next week to learn what happens to the group, consider becoming a member over at patreon.com worldwalkers. Not only will you be able to hear the next episode right now, you'll also gain access to exclusive episodes, early access to lore and art, and even the World Walkers Campaign Guide. In the Campaign Guide, you'll find the custom races and classes we use for the podcast. You'll also gain access to new backgrounds such as the Tavern Aficionado and the Gunslinger. If you want more World Walkers in your life, subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us via Twitter at WorldWalkersPod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash WorldWalkersPod, or Instagram at WorldWalkersPod. Thanks to Kevin McLeod over at Incomitech.com for the music you heard in today's episode. And I also want to thank Sirenscape, who provided the sound effects you heard. Visit them at Sirenscape.com. And we'll have to stop there. No! Oh, no. <laughs> what? You can't do that to us. It's about one on. o'clock. And Fuck one o'clock. It's Friday. <laughs> oh, it's Friday no. before New Year's. <laughs> oh. So same time again tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the engineer a spy for the Brotherhood? I'm just curious. No reason. All right. Continue adventuring. I had that thought. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. No, um, I mean, that's not a, actually a bad question if, you, if you're curious, because, I mean, airships employ engineers because dwarves are the only people on COG that can, manip- that can do steam tech. Mm-hmm. It stands to reason, I mean, like, all dwarves are part of a brotherhood if they're engineers. Brotherhood of Greg, for instance. <laughs> yes. The best brotherhood. I'm sorry you cut out. Oh, the Brotherhood of Greg. It's for going instance. real staticky, I'm sorry. No. Oh, she's <laughs> clear for me. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, sorry. I was I was trying to retcon Greg, sorry. <laughs> Greg is the greatest. The best of Brumblestone's lies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Pedro, give me a hint. Is the whole thing like things not going well in Rollum? Is that due to the partially due to the backstory that I gave you, or is it like you always plan for things not to go well in Rollum? <laughs> if you want the real truth, it's because I run a Menroth game on Wednesdays. Oh no! No! Stop destroying the world! Yeah, I I run a Menroth game on Wednesdays and an Abrimos game on uh, Mondays. 
And Menroth, that's the that she's from. Yep, yeah, you're from Menroth, the world of Menroth, the uh, kingdom of Rollum, on the continent of Kendis. Whoa. Yep, yep. 